to the new series called Patterns here at Solace Church. We're glad that you chose to be here today. You guys know this, that routine is a good thing, isn't it? Uh, if you've just come off of, uh, of a winter break or Christmas break and you have kids, you know that routine is good and getting back into routine is a good thing. As fun as it is, as it is to spend a few days with your kids, them going to school, you getting back into the routine of things is actually really healthy. And the truth is that patterns are, are good, that routines and habits are are a good thing. And this series, though, is going to focus on this reality that, as, that, that even though patterns are good and healthy, generally speaking, sometimes we can find ourselves engaged in patterns or habits, behavior patterns that are actually counterproductive to our life. And so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about some of the patterns that actually are unproductive in our life. And, and, and really from scripture, we're going to learn how to reestablish some patterns that are ultimately healthy for us that will bring the life ultimately that God wants for us. And so I'm glad that you're here. If you're watching online at solacechurch.com, thanks for being a part of our online community. And if you're a guest here today, this is your first time here, thanks for choosing to be with us as we start this new series. And if maybe you've been gone for a while from Solace Church, and maybe this is your first time back in a while, I want to say thanks for for being back here today as well. After service, I'm going to hang out down at the front. If you're new here today, I would love to get a chance just to say hi to you. So would you do that? Don't run off. Just come down and say hi. I'd love to get a chance to meet you today. Um, One other thing before we get started with this uh, series, just so you know, I am really excited about Dinner with the Pastor coming up. If you have not been connected to our church at that level, if you've never spent just a couple hours with us with Dinner with the Pastor, uh, even if you've been here a couple of years, we still have people who haven't gone, gone through that process. And so I would love for you to consider signing up for Dinner with the Pastor. It's coming up in just a, a couple of weeks, and so uh, uh, I hope that you'll sign up for that. So let's talk about the whole idea of patterns. Let's talk about what that looks like in our life. I want to take you to a verse of Scripture just for a moment. And you don't have to turn there because we're not going to land there very long. But I want to remind you of what Paul said to the Romans, to the church in Rome or the believers in Rome, about the idea of patterns that ultimately aren't best for us. In Romans chapter 12, after Paul has spent a considerable amount of time building the case for who we are in Christ and building the case for this whole idea of that we are are not okay, but in Christ we are, we are forgiven of our sins. After that, Paul, after he gives this incredible dialogue or really a, a, a letter about who we are, he then encourages the church in these words. And this is what he says in Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and then the second part of verse number 2 or the first part of verse number 2. Therefore, I urge you brothers in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifice. This is by the way called cruciformity. We're going to do a message at some point in the coming, uh, coming months or years about cruciformity. It's a great concept in Scripture. Cruciformity, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Now, notice what Paul says next to believers. He says this in verse number 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Paul recognizes that there are patterns that we can engage in that are counterproductive. Patterns that the world embraces that Christians, that believers should not embrace. But rather we should be transformed. We should be transformed. We should be changed to engage in patterns unlike the patterns of this world. Now remember, not all patterns are bad. Brushing your teeth every day is good. You should. Taking a shower. Good thing for you to do, right? Getting up, going to work, good thing for you to do. Going to school, teenagers, good thing for you to do. There are patterns that are healthy and good. There are also patterns that are destructive. 
And Paul warns us against allowing ourselves as believers to get in those patterns. Now, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about some of those patterns. Today, we're going to talk about one of those patterns that, that some of us can find ourselves falling into if we're not careful. And it comes from Hebrews chapter 10. I do want you to turn there with me. If you want to, it'll be on your screen here as well or on the screen on, on, uh, on the TV up here with me. But if you want to turn there with me in your Bibles or get your phones out and look at those as well, that's great. By the way, as you're doing that, if you're on your phone and you use your phone for Scripture, you, you are welcome to flip over to your Facebook and check into solacechurch.com. That's right, at Solace Church, we can multitask. You're welcome to do that as well. Check in, let people know that you're here today for sure. All right, so Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to look at, a, at, at actually quite a bit of this chapter. In Hebrews chapter 10, though, starting about midway through the chapter, the author of Hebrews, and by the way, we don't know for sure who wrote Hebrews. It could have been Paul. It could have been someone else. It's very likely it was a male in the first century, but we don't know exactly who wrote it. But whoever the author is makes this statement. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, Verse 20, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God. Stop for a moment. I wish that I had time this morning to unpack for you theologically all that this meant. I actually did in a series a couple of years ago called Greater. You're welcome to go back on our podcast and check out the series called Greater. I spent an entire summer or more talking about the book of Hebrews in depth. But what Paul is basically saying in this passage of scripture in 19, 20, and 21 is that through Jesus, we have gained access to the Father. That we were apart from God, distant from God because of our sin. But because of Jesus, we now can have a relationship with the Father. It's an incredible, incredible truth. I want you guys to know, Solace Church, in 2017, we're going to make a big deal of Jesus. Because he's worth making a big deal of. We're going to celebrate him, and our goal is to make his name great among the nations. He has done a great work for us, in us, and he wants to do a great work through us, and we're going to celebrate him. And, and the author of Hebrews says, because of what Jesus has done for us. Now, over the next couple of verses, he's going to give us five let us statements. Four of them are positive. One of them is a negative statement. One of them is something we should not do. I want to skip... To the, to, the, to, the, to the statement, to the let us statement that we should not do so that we can understand a pattern that some of us get in the pattern of doing that's actually counterproductive. And then I want to take the other four let us statements and help you understand why the one let us not statement is there in its place. So, since Jesus has done so much for us, verse 25, the first part of this verse says this, let us not give up. Meeting together... As some are in the habit or pattern of doing. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit or the pattern of doing. One of the warnings in scripture is that there is a danger of falling into the cycle of not being connected and not being faithful to gather together as the church, the ecclesia, the gathering. There is a danger, the author of Hebrews says, in, in getting into a routine or a pattern that you become disconnected from the body of believers. And if you're here today and you've been gone for a while from Solace Church or you've not been to church in a while, or maybe this is your first time, or maybe you're watching online 
at solacechurch.com, and maybe you've been disconnected from here, from this actual place, I want to encourage you to consider this. It's not a small thing to find yourself in a pattern of being disconnected and out of the routine of gathering together as the body of Christ. There's some very real dangers attached to that. Now, if that's you, I want you to consider for a moment what's going on in this story. What's going on in the Jewish community in the first century that the author of Hebrews would have to say, hey, 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 don't stop meeting together. Don't give up being together and, 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 and doing life together on a regular basis. Don't stop doing it. What's going on in the first century? Well, we don't know for sure, but it's very likely as you read the rest of Hebrews chapter 10 that he gives us some indications about what's going on, what's taking place. Well, if you read on in chapter 10, we see that the author of Hebrews is saying things like this. Do you remember that when you first were saved, how you faced significant persecution? Do you remember how, that they took your property and they, and they confiscated your things, but, but that didn't shake your faith at all? Do you remember those things? Well, I think what's going on in Hebrews chapter 10 is that in the first century, Jewish Christians are being persecuted. There is a very real danger of physical harm or death for assembling together and meeting as the body of Christ. They are in danger for their lives. Now, now hold on just a moment. If there ever was a reason to stop meeting together regularly as the church, I would suggest that if I might die, that would be a legitimate reason for me not to go to the meeting. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, if there was ever a reason that you could come up with that stopping being together as the body would be legitimate, it would be if I was facing death for showing up. But think about this for a moment. Even in light of that, the author of Hebrews said, nope, you should still meet. That is profound. You may die, you should still meet. You may be harmed, but you should still meet. You know what that tells me? If you're writing things down, write this down. Whatever the cost, write this down. Write that down. Whatever the cost of meeting together. It is never greater than the cost of not meeting together. Whatever the cost of meeting together may be, it is never greater than the cost of not meeting together. That is the point of Hebrews chapter 10, the first part of verse 25. That there is a significance about the body of Christ, about Christians gathering together and meeting together. It is so significant that even in the face of persecution, the church should not get, getting to, uh, stop getting together and doing what we're doing even here this morning. The church should not stop gathering on a Sunday to celebrate Jesus and make his name great. The church should not stop gathering together in small groups all over the community and all over the area so that they can, they can meet together and be together. Now, what's so significant about the church? I think the church is a big deal. Jesus died for the church. He gave his life for the church. What's the big deal about us being together? I kind of like you. I mean, I really like you. When I come by and shake your hand and hug your neck, I'm not just pretending and I'm not just being paid for that. I actually like seeing you. I love seeing you. I love getting a chance to hear what's going on in your world. It is a significant thing. Now, in this passage of scripture, he gives us four. The author of Hebrews gives us four, I think, significant reasons why the church should continue to meet together. Let's look at them. Go back with me to verse number 22 and we're going to see the first of the 
of the four positive let us statements. Here's what he says. Since Jesus has done so much for us, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. The first thing that the author of Hebrews recognizes is because Jesus has done so much, one of the things it ought to cause us to do is to, it ought to cause us to draw near to God with a sincere heart, with assurance of faith. Now the idea here of a, of a, of a sincere heart is the, is the picture here of a heart or a life that, that is able to be transparent, that doesn't need to hide in shame or guilt or regret, but can truly be just transparent before God. Having a faith that is confident because of who God is and because of what he's done for you. I, I want to ask you this question. Um, if you've ever, and by the way, some of you can, can, can acknowledge this in your own life, if you've ever been disconnected at all for a period of time from the church, you know this. One of the things that happens is when you're away from the body, the ecclesia, and meeting together, one of the things that happens is you can become discouraged very, very quickly. When you're out on an island by yourself, Satan gets you in a corner and he just beats you up, man. That is what happens. But when you meet together with the body of believers, the word of God is preached by excellent communicators. Yes. <laughs> Cheap amen. And, 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 and scripture comes alive because faith comes by hearing and that by the word of God. When you get a chance every single week to hear God's word unpacked and taught from this stage, your faith is strengthened by being here. When you're out on an island in the world, you're not getting that on your own. That is the importance of the body of Christ, that we can encourage one another, that we can be real with one another. It's one of our core values. We are real about who we are. When you come to this church, you don't have to pretend you can cry, you can weep, you can not be okay, you can be broken, you can be hurting, and this is the place where you can come, and God will meet you where you are, and we will meet you where you are, and we will care for one another in that environment. This is where your faith is strengthened. When you sing songs about who God is, like this song we just now sang, I believe in God the Father, I believe in Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the resurrection, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins. These songs are declarations of who God is, and it strengthens our faith. When you worship together with other people, it strengthens your confidence in God. So let us draw near to God. This is a great place to do that. Do you have to have the church to draw near to God? No. You can draw near to God anywhere you want to. God has given us access through Jesus so that no matter where you are in the world, you can talk with him and you can, you can dine with him and fellowship with him. But you know this. There's nothing like us getting together that creates an expectation and atmosphere where we can come before God with a faith that is strengthened. Let us draw near to God with a, with a sincere heart and with faith that is strengthened. You know what? God has done a great thing for us. He's washed us white as snow on the inside. You're forgiven of your sins and so am I. And we meet together to celebrate that reality. What else does he say in this passage of scripture in verse number 23? Not only that, but let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Now think about this as well. Not only is our faith strengthened when we're, when we're meeting together in community, and not only uh, uh, are we able to come with a, just, a, just a sincere, unveiled heart, we're also able to find hope in this environment as well. How many of you know this? 
How many of you know that when you walk in this door and there is an air of expectation and there is, there is God at the center, that it breeds and builds hope within us? Not false hope and not manipulated hope, but genuine, true confidence and hope that God is at work in our lives. That's what happens every single week at this, at this church. And by the way, as we walk among each other, as we, as we connect with one another, one of the great things about the body of Christ that we do for one another is we also instill hope in one another. When you're going through something difficult and someone comes by you and speaks God's word into your life and declares for you what God is up to in your life, doesn't that encourage you in those moments? It doesn't fix everything. There's nothing about ecclesia getting together that fixes everything in our life. It just allows us to be able to overcome no matter what's going on in our life. So it allows us to be hopeful as we meet together. Solace Church, one of the things that's going on in my life this year in 2017 is for whatever, whatever the reason over the past two years that a little bit of hope died in me, in this year it's being rebirthed and reborn in me. I don't know what the change was, but the calendar year change changed something in your pastor. And I am incredibly hopeful. I was just talking to our executive pastor before service today, and I said, look, I just want you to know my expectations are huge every single week. you got to know this. When I walk in this building, my expectations are huge for what God is going to do in and through us this year. So that's how I'm believing this year. I believe that when we show up, God is going to do a great work in us and through us. I, I just invite you on that journey with me. I invite you when you show up that you would expect great things from God, a hopeful body of believers, for he who is promised is faithful. What else? Number three. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not only is the body of Christ a place where your faith can be strengthened and your hope can be reborn within you, also we see that Scripture says that in the ecclesia, in the gathering together, we actually have a really effective accountability process as well. (laughs) This Greek word spur is a powerful word. Uh, For the most part, all throughout the New Testament, this Greek word spur literally means to irritate. To irritate one another towards love and good deeds. That's good. What does that mean? That means in the body of Christ, not only are we talking about faith and hope, but we're also willing to get in one another's face and say, are you living for Christ outside the walls? We're also able to sit down one-on-one and look each other in the eye and say, I love you too much to allow you to continue in what you're doing. Listen, God's calling you to something better and more. Are you willing to do that, right? We're irritating one another together. I love it. I want to irritate you. I want you to leave sometimes at Solace Church a little bit mad at me because I got on you. And I want you to get on me and, and, and call me on the carpet and hold me accountable as your pastor. I want to leave a few times from a few meetings going, that was painful and good all at the same time. Because the body of Christ, like no other entity in the world, has the ability, because we love each other, because there is a common purpose that we're called to, because there's a common Savior that we worship, we're able to look at one another and say, let's get real about life. I want to talk to you about where you are so that you can ultimately end up where God wants you. That is the greatness of meeting together. If the pastor steps on your toes to use some old, old time language, that is a good thing. It's the Holy Spirit providing conviction that leads to life change. Let us consider how we may irritate one another towards love and good deeds. You should tweet that. 
Paul goes on in the text to say, now remember, Paul, uh, uh, Paul the author of Hebrews goes on to say, remember, it, it's, it's since Jesus has done so much, let us, let us, let us. And then there's the negative let us statement, the beginning of chapter, or verse number 25, which we've already covered, let us not stop meeting together. And then the fifth or the fourth of the positive statements in the last part of verse 25. But let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. But let us, let us encourage one another. In the body of believers, we can, we can strengthen one another's faith as we lean into our relationship with God, as Jesus is lifted up and we make a big deal of him. As Solid Church, we can inspire hope because of who Jesus is and because he is faithful, because he never changes. And we can certainly spur one another on towards love and good deeds. But I'm going to tell you, one of the, these are all incredible things. I think the author of Hebrews ends these let us statements with this, word, with this word of encouragement. Because I think the author of Hebrews understands that one of the most effective weapons and tools that Satan has against us is discouragement and despair. I think one of the things that happens in our lives as we go outside the doors on a Sunday morning and we begin to live our lives in the context of our business or at school or in our families or whatever it looks like for us is we just get beat down with the day in and day out struggles and trials that we face. Physical trials, financial trials, uh, relational trials, difficulties at the workplace, whatever it looks like for you at school. You get worn down through a week of being in the world. And that's not because you're weak or that you're immature. It's just simply the nature of doing life. And there is nothing, and I mean nothing, like getting together in this room together so that we may hug one another, handshake one another, love one another, encourage one another as we do this thing called life. There's an individual this morning, and they had no idea how important this was, and they didn't even know what I was going to be talking about today. But I went by to shake someone's hand this morning, and the individual, the lady said, hey, would, would you give me a hug this morning? I'm like, yes. I would love to give you a hug this morning. One-handed appropriate pastor hug this morning. That's how you do it, right? I gave her a hug, and I wanted her to know she is loved. God loves her, and we are so glad that she is here. That is the heart of the church that we are encouraging one another. Jesus is coming, but he hasn't come yet. He's coming back, and as that day approaches, we should encourage one another all the more. So, whether you like it or not, you need me. <laughs> you need me, and I need you. And you need the person sitting next to you in the row behind you. We need to encourage one another because life is filled with disappointment and discouragement. So, Solace Church in 2017, we have a saying. And the saying is, be gone, don't stay gone. And I'm not going to modify that statement. I'm just going to give a little more explanation. Because in 2017, I want you to be gone, but not very much. I want you to get away and take a break and go on vacation, but don't go on vacation every week or most weeks. I want you here. 
I want to see your face and your family. I want to hear your challenges and your journey and your circumstances. And I want to pray for you. And I want to hug your neck. And I want you to hug my neck. And I want to shake your hand. And for a couple of you, you can kiss me on the cheek. Some of you have that privilege. Most of you don't, all right? I want that from you. All right, now, here's what I want us to do. We're going to pause this morning. And we're going to start the year off just a, just a little bit, just a little bit, a little bit different, and that's okay. I'm not going to ask you; it's not going to be weird or uncomfortable. I'm just going to I'm just going to ask you to do something today. As you start 2017 this year, some of you that you're you're the most hopeful, most optimistic. That's how I am right now, and I'm thankful for that. But here's the truth: some of us in the room today, you're not. Life is difficult right now. There are challenges that you are facing that you brought into this room today. And, and I, I, would, I would hate for us to miss this moment to live out Hebrews chapter 10 for you. Maybe your faith is, is, is not as strong as it was before. Maybe you've lost a little bit of hope and confidence in what God's doing. Maybe today you feel discouraged rather than encouraged. And maybe, just maybe today, you're going through some stuff and you need someone to look you in the face and say, I love you, but whatever that looks like for you, here's what I want, want to offer for you. And we don't do like mass altar calls hardly ever at Solace Church. But as we start this day, as we start this year, as we start this series, I want us to live out the pattern of ecclesia, of doing life together. I want to pray for you. I want to lift up your name and your situation before God. And hear me, if you are not in a small group at Solace Church, if you are not connected to a small group of people that can call your name out and encourage you every single week, man, you ought, to be, you ought to find a group that you can do life with because you don't need to wait from Sunday to Sunday to be with us. You need to be with us more than that. But today, I want to pray for you. So I don't know if there's one or 100 in the room today that are going through some difficult times, but whoever you are today, we want to encourage you. We want to speak scripture over you. We're going to have a team of people ready to pray for you. I'm going to come down from the stage. We're going to worship together, and we're going to pray, and we're going to give God some time this morning to be able to really just encourage one another. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Hey, this is Pastor Matt Blair. Thank you so much for taking time to check out our podcast today at solacechurch.com. You know, we realize that it's possible as you listen to this message today that God may have spoken to your heart about something. So if you made any kind of spiritual decision, we would love to know about that. You can email us at info at solacechurch.com and let us know what happened in your life today. Once again, thank you so much for taking time to check out this podcast.